Okay. Can you hear me okay? Oh, that's good. Working well. My name is Roger. I'm married to one wife, Diana. And um, I, for the last 35 years, I've been pastor of a number of churches in this Oxfordshire area. I now reside in the beautiful Henley-on-Thames, which is a wonderful place. And um, over that time, part of uh, my ministry has been trying to have a go at praying for people and seeing God's supernatural at work. And there's various encouragements that have come for that. And this morning, I'd like to be uh, continuing your series on the work of the Holy Spirit and speaking about making God's supernatural part of everyday life. So I'm wanting to try and encourage you that there is a supernatural element that God wants in our Christian lives, that he wants that to be... Um, there in each one of our lives so that as we go through the week we know about his supernatural power. And um, I'd like to introduce you to this little passage in um, Acts 28. I'm hoping that this goes this way. Is that the right? Oh, it needs to be turned on. That's, that's helpful. And Oh, yeah, here we go. So, if you haven't bought your Bibles, here is the passage. And this is talking about Paul. He, um, he got on a boat, and the boat uh, needed to get... So, he was going, uh, I think it's to Rome. And uh, on the way, the boat gets shipwrecked. And uh, he's part of this sort of exciting story about his shipwreck. And he gets... I thought this... There's a holiday theme to it. Anybody going to Malta for their holidays? Nobody here going to Malta? We've been there, and uh, it's a fascinating place to go. It's got some history. When we were safe on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The people of the island were unusually kind. It was raining and cold, so they built a fire and welcomed all of us. Paul gathered some sticks and put them on the fire, and a poisonous snake was driven out by the heat. It fastened to Paul's hand. The people of the island saw the snake hanging from his hand. They said to one another, this man must be a murderer. He's escaped from the sea, but the female god Justice won't let him live. Paul shook the snake off into the fire. He was not harmed. The people expected him to swell up. They thought he would suddenly fall dead. They waited for a long time, but they didn't see anything unusual happen to him. So they changed their minds. They said he was a god. It's like people of our day, they changed their minds quickly. It went from, you know, terrible man to, oh, he's a god. Anyway, uh, next little bit goes on like this. Publius owned property nearby. He was the chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home. For three days, he took care of us. He treated us with kindness. His father was sick in bed. The man uh, suffered from fever and dysentery, so Paul went to see him. Paul prayed for him, placed his hands on him, and healed him. Then the rest of the sick people on the island came. They, too, were healed. It's amazing, isn't it? They just sort of whole of the island. Anybody sick, they all get healed. Paul, the people of the island honored us in many ways. When we were ready to sail, they gave us the supplies we needed. There are some 
who tell us that the scriptures surrounding Jesus show his miraculous work because uh, the main point of his miraculous work and his healings was to show that he really was the Messiah. And then they say, and then you, if you look through um, Acts, it starts off with miracles happening, but then it slowly declines and because it was no longer really relevant, important. And uh, Acts shows us that as we go along through Acts, it was what was said in the arguments of the Christian faith that were key issues. It's rubbish. <laughs> right at the end of Acts, we have Paul going out. He's normal life shipwrecked, the miraculous is all part of his life. And so he, he speaks out miraculous stuff and miraculous stuff happens. I want to encourage you that the miraculous should be part of everybody's life. Now, I, what I wanted to try to do is illustrate some small little bits of miracles, you know, or just the miraculous at work and that we can all be part of, and then maybe show you some a little bit bigger, and some quite nice big ones of miracles that over 35 years of trying to pray for people that we've seen along the way. I just want to encourage you. Um, let, let me do one from a couple of weeks ago. I, um, uh, I realized that I'd run out of decent trousers. <laughs> and uh, so off to the shops, there's two of my favorite shops, um, uh, White Stuff and Fat Face. So um, I go into Fat Face, I'm looking for... Uh, 36 waist, I'm 35 really, but I need 36 because that's the, the measurements they do. And I've got reasonably long legs, so I need a 35-inch uh, leg. Still working inches, sorry about that. And, um, and uh, fat face, they have some, I need them blue. And, and I don't want big baggy ones, so I need them reasonably. If, if, you, if you walk places, the youth look at you and think, Gracious, still in those baggy, baggy trousers. So, so I'm, I'm trying to get, you know, good, good uh, white stuff trousers. And I, and I try one on, just, just, not, just not right. And I, they, they don't have any. So they say, yes, but we can order just the right ones, 49 pounds. Whew, that is a bit much. So uh, I say, no, no, don't order it. I, I need to try them on first. So I go over to Fat Face. Exactly the same thing. They've got some, but not the right length, you know. And, uh, and then, then I, I was saying, oh, Roger, just, just go and order them. Get them. You need them. And then I feel something in me say, no, no, wait, Roger, don't, don't rush. Just, just go up the road a little bit, up to your, you know, nice charity shops. <laughs> just, just have a little look. And I just sort of feel that little sort of thing inside. So, no, thank you very much. I'm not going to order now. And I thought to my little charity shop going there. And I get up to um, first charity shop looking, um, uh, uh, cancer research, and I look through the clothes. Oh, look, in the wrong place, among the 32s, there's a 36 waist. I thought, oh, they're blue. And I think, probably some cheap rubbish, but let's try them on. And so I tried them on, and they, uh, and they, and they fitted, and they were quite narrow, and, uh, and they were long leg. And then, uh, then I looked to, this, there was a funny little label, and it said, Paul Smith. Never heard of Paul Smith at all. And uh, anyway, uh, $9.99, so I thought, well, that's the one I bought them. So I, I bought them and went home and asked my wife, what do you think? Think like, 
And she said, see, she writes. So what's the label? I said, Paul Smith, no idea what they are. So onto the internet, little look up Paul Smith. Paul Smith, label uh, trousers, nice, uh, nice sort of decent trousers. And so I looked, starting price of men's blue uh, trousers, exactly the same time. I said, starting price, 140 pounds. <laughs> and I think, and, and I have this little thing, Thank you, Lord. You're looking after me. And he says in Psalm 139, The thoughts I have for you are like sand on the seashore. If I were to count them, they would outnumber the sand on the seashore. That's what God... So if he's got those thoughts to us, if we've got our ears open, we can, we can follow those little responses. Okay? So that's a little one. I just wanted to ask you... if. Be open to his voice. It's a supernatural voice that speaks to you, helps you. Um, okay, so come with me into this passage. I'll show you another one in a uh, And say, let's have a look and say, in this story, what are the supernatural elements? Uh, I, want, I want to suggest to you what they are. First of all, just before this happens with Paul, he speaks to the whole of the ship uh, and says to them, and says to them this, he says in verse 33... He says he's prophetic, and he says this uh, in verse 33, um, 34, sorry. Um, 33 and 34. Um, Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you, take some food. Here he is giving a prophetic word, and it goes on, it says this, this is what, and he says, not one of you will lose a single hair from your head. That's his prophetic words. So he's encouraging his whole ship with the prophetic word of God, and he's giving them encouragement, supernatural prophetic. And then he gives them a word of wisdom, and he says, it's time, folks, to eat. Get some food down you, because you're going to face them. So, there is a supernatural element because he's, he knows what is going to happen supernaturally. God's giving it to him. And then as he picks up the snake, he, he, a poisonous snake, it says, attaches himself to it. And no ill effects. So he's protected. The supernatural power of God is protected. In Mark 16 and verse 18 says, you shall pick up, uh, uh, drink deadly poison, it will not harm you. You will pick up snakes and they will not, you will not be harmed by them. So there's a supernatural element there. And then he just displays these wonderful gifts of healing. Uh, all the island, starting with uh, Publius, the, um, uh, <clears throat> the chief official of the island, he gets healed, and then people bring uh, all their sick to him. So the miraculous there, that's just part of his everyday life. Now, we're not all Pauls, but we can have God at work, working through us, I believe. Let me, let me give you another little uh, thing uh, that happened to me. This is a little bit more than the trousers. And uh, this, this is um, something that my wife and I do. We, we go ballroom dancing. It's good in the church, just as if you're a pastor, so much of your life is just connected up with doing church stuff. So it's great to have something where you meet the majority of people are not Christians. They don't darken the doors of church, but they love their ballroom dancing. So youngish couple that lead this sort of dancing in the town hall. And so Di and I, Di, Di actually drags me along. 
And then, because it sort of works with us both, I keep going. And then Di gets an injury, she can't go. So do I continue to go and stand around looking for a lady to dance with? The interesting thing is when you do ballroom dancing, there's lots of extra ladies over to dance with. So, so, we do, so I do this together, tell Di who I've danced with, what dances we did, and, and everything so she knows. And um, so I go to, and then you're encouraged to go to a social, so I go to this social, and uh, somebody uh, sort of... Uh, uh, dances with us, so I do a little bit of uh, waltz, and I do a little bit of a tango, and then I do a cha-cha-cha, and do the cha-cha-cha, etc., and do, do all this stuff, and, and, and even do a pas de doble, and, uh, and uh, just a great time, and uh, all finished like this, and um, the, the, the dance teacher, his lovely wife, who's called Gemma, is having a baby. And uh, so I said, being pastoral, you can't help be what you are. I said, Sister Gemma, how are you doing with the pregnancy? So oh, well. I said, it's quite good. My, my back's in agony most of the time. Now, the trouble is, if you have that in church, what would you do? You would say, oh, yes, come and sit down on the chair. Let's put your legs together and we'll have a pray for you. And everybody in church knows that and they love that and they feel release. Before I'm even thinking about what I'm saying, this is a social dance practice with everybody doing the waltzes and everything. I said, oh, Gemma, this is what we do at church. We sit people down, put their legs together and pray for, pray for them. I said, said, Eva, another dance teacher, could you come in? And, and, and Gemma says, could I pray for you like that? And she says, oh, yeah, let's try it. Sit her down, heavily pregnant, and just hold these legs out. And I'm thinking, I'm not even thinking it's not going to work this time. I'm thinking, this is church, but it's just a social dance. And sure enough, as we pray in Jesus' name, the leg moves out. And she says, oh, I can feel that just going through my back. So we just say, it's good, isn't it? A little bit of prayer in Jesus' name. The girl watching me, Eva, Polish dance teacher, and said, that is amazing. Now, next week, I am nervous. <laughs> and they come, she says, do you know what? My back's been much better, she comes and says. I was, and she says, I was impressed. Now, she's impressed with praying in Jesus' name. That's only the beginning of something. She's not yet. She hasn't given her life to the Lord yet. But her friend, Eva, few, about a month later, says, Roger, we want to get married. We've been living together for seven years, her and Austin, her partner, says, we want to get married, but we don't know anybody who would marry us. Would you, would you marry us? It's not for another year and a half. You know, they've been living together for seven years, practicing marriage for seven years, and then, and then they want another two years to save up. This is the way it happens now. I said, we, Diana, we would love to do it, but I'll only do, I only do marriages if you come to five marriage preparation um, bits to start with. So she then and her husband, a year and a half before they get married, are coming to marriage prep classes. And then her grandfather dies. And she says, Roger, 
We don't know anybody that can bury him or say anything at the funeral. Would you, would you say something at the funeral for him? I says, of course we would. For a start, he's Polish, and I love Polish people. And then secondly, it's opening the door to something more. On the marriage prep course, as they're watching the little videos that we do, they do the readings at the end. And they hear 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. So, oh, we like that. Can we have that at our wedding? It's, it's, it's a wedding that hasn't got any sort of Christian input. But little by little, the kingdom is coming in. And the supernatural opens the way for something of Christ to come in, whereas it wouldn't before. Do you know, we can all have a go at praying for somebody. We, need, we don't have to say at that minute, do you repent of your sins? Have you put your faith in Jesus? We can just show them something of prayer in the name of Jesus and see and leave it to God. So these are little bits on the way. Oh, I wish I had more time. You see, what we're up against, I believe, is this battle. It's a battle of our Western mindset, which is based mostly around this rational worldview. And this rational worldview says everything has a rational explanation uh, where we only believe things that can be scientifically proven. And so that's the mindset. Now, if you go to Africa or India, they don't have that sort of mindset. The supernatural is part of their everyday life. It's not always helpful. You're not always sure of the source of it. But in their minds, they don't mind the supernatural things that can't be explained. And so we're up against that everywhere we go. But I believe God's helping us. We can receive help from him. Let me, let me share something that happened a little while ago. I had done one of these little talks at um, uh, Henley on God's healing power and the supernatural. And, and one of the pastors from uh, local, Marlow, he was from, he said, Roger, come and, can you come and do that in our congregation on a Sunday afternoon? So I said, yep, that's fine, because I can preach in the morning and do the afternoon. And I'm doing my session. At the end, I just get some little words of knowledge. One of my little words of knowledge was somebody here with a coccyx pain right at the base of your spine. There's a sort of pain there. And um, in my mind, I get this thing about um, three and I thought, I know what that is, three, that's three weeks. And, uh, and then I see pictures of some tablets, and I said, oh, look, oh, yes, this person, you've been taking tablets, medication for three weeks, you've got coccyx pain, and it won't go, oh, yes, and it goes down your leg as well, and uh, sciatic pain. Sitting there was a doctor who was quite cynical, I have to say, about Christians testifying to healing, and she'd watched it. She came along to the fellowship occasionally. She's responsible for the caesareans at a, a, a hospital quite locally. And, um, and she goes, she's sitting there and says, oh, no, that's described me. I've got this pain, which has been here for three weeks. It says, I've been self-medicating. It hasn't made any difference. And I've got sciatic pain coming down my leg. It says, am I going to elect, let these slightly crazy Christians pray for me or not? So she sits down. I don't think it was even me who did it. I got somebody else to do it. It says, could you just pray in Jesus' name? And this lady, as her leg moved and her back 
came right. She felt right down her spine all this pain going. She, she basically went, oh, bother it. <laughs> this is a doctor. The following week, the pastor phones me up and tells me about it. So this is what you know, uh, I remember from what he said. This lady, as a doctor, heard you saying these words. And she knew that was her. And so she decided to give it a go. She stood up and told us all about it. And she said this, I'm sorry, as a doctor, that I've been so cynical of your testimonies of healing, of God working among you and doing stuff. says, I want to apologize. This is what happened to me. She told the story I've just told. She says, I want to encourage you to have a go at praying for people. We can do so much, but we need God's supernatural power. I thought, whoa, let's break through. God wants there to be, you know, we can, we can be part of this. We can, we can just rely on a supernatural God to do it. If we're a bit more open. Our mindset is like this, but he wants to break out of those, those Western mindsets. And he wants us to know that there's a supernatural power that can flow through us and do amazing things. Oh, okay, I'm just going to go quicker. I'm, I'm trying to go. I want to give you, people say, the stories were great, Rog, but there wasn't much substance to your talk. So if, I'm going to try and give you a few points to go away with. This is point number one. You, if we're going to do this, we have to know uh, some of those scriptures about the supernatural. We have to have confidence in the scriptures about the supernatural. Let me, let me just go through. In, in uh, 2 Chronicles, um, uh, chapter 16, verse 11 to 13, it tells the story of one of the kings, Asa. And this is what it says about Asa. He was a good king. But in his latter years, just his last years, it says, he had a disease in the feet. And it says, and then it says he, he knew the Lord, but he only saw the physicians. And then it talks about him, and his, his disease in his feet grew worse, and he died. It suggests to me that God wants to be involved in the difficulties we have and other people have, medical difficulties with our bodies. He wants us to pray and be involved. And you may be saying, yeah, yeah, we, we've tried praying for people of cancer and they've died. I tell you what, those people still need our prayers and our encouragement and prayers. And you know what? Sometimes there is breakthrough. We've just had a, recently in our fellowship um, three people. Um, we've had three people die of cancer. We've just had another three people got cancer. And they've been through prayer and some medical treatment and at present, all three people, the same week, have all been told that there is no sign now of cancer in their body. And we're getting, thank you, Lord. We need a few of those. So Asa did not seek the Lord. And it says he passed away. It suggests to me that God wants us to seek him. In, in um, Psalm 103, the first few verses, it talks about, uh, forget not uh, all the benefits. He says, Praise the Lord on my soul. And then, then he goes, forget not the benefits. Who forgives all your sins. And the second one, who heals all your diseases. If you're a salesman for a company, you will be drummed into you. You need to know the benefits of your product. You need to know the benefits of this country. So when you go out and sell, these are the benefits. 
I think we ought to have that in the Christian life. As we walk around, these are the benefits. My sins, as we heard in those baptisms, have been completely dealt with by Jesus dying on the cross and his blood being shed for us. And now we are free. And even if I've been addicted to alcohol, there is a powerful God who's setting me free. It's wonderful, isn't it? With the benefits. So we need to walk around. I've got some benefits. I committed myself to the Christian faith. I'm walking around with these benefits. You see, that that woman who uh, in Mark 5, she'd spent all her money on the physicians. And do you know what it says in there? She grew worse. I just like little statements like that. And, And then she reaches out to Jesus, touches his garment. She is completely healed. God loves the supernatural. He wants to encourage us. And it doesn't leave it there. It wasn't just Jesus. He gets, he gets his disciples to go out. He tells them to do the same as he does, to preach the kingdom of God and to demonstrate it by healing those with diseases, those that were sick, those with leprosy. And he even says, just throws it in and raise the dead while you're at it. Just a little bit of a challenge, isn't it? And that's what Jesus did. Then he encourages not just the disciples, but the 72, the unnamed group of people, tells them to do the same. And then his last statement, just before he's ascended, after he's been to the cross and resurrected, before he ascends, in Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20, he says, all authority has been given to me. Go, therefore, preach and preach them and teach all that I have commanded you. He'd commanded them to go out and heal the sick. So it's part of that great commissioning, these last words. And the whole of Acts is full, full of those statements. Right at the end of the Gospels, three, three places, it talks about going and doing the miracles. This is what John fourteen twelve says. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. A lot of theologians and Christian people argue over what are the greater things. I'm not so worried myself. I am just, I am just so blessed. It says, go and do what I've been doing. And he's saying, he's saying, don't stop doing it. So we've got the scriptures. Then we need to have... Our own encounters, I'm not going to go into this. We need to have our own encounters. Please, Lord, I need supernatural encounter with you. Please help me to experience your healing and your power. These are just some of my little situations as I saw them. And then we need to lean back. Learn to lean back on the Holy Spirit. I am going to tell you this story. I've got a few minutes. This guy was a guy called John in our fellowship. He got something called trigeminal neuralgia. This is a horrible pain that gets people usually in the jaw and then it radiates throughout their their body. And medically, I believe, I've been told, they find it very difficult to get to the root of the pain. So people have incredible pain and it's not a pain that just goes and a little bit of rest after, you know, a little bit of rest and like that. It's a 24-hour pain thing. They sometimes call trigeminal neuralgia the suicide disease because some people find it so hard to cope with that they take their own lives. And one of the elderly guys in our fellowship, a guy called John, got this trigeminal neuralgia and they drugged him up to the eyeballs to try and get rid of the pain. He suffered incredible pain, couldn't get through it. And then John, in the midst of this, he kept on falling over. He had bruises all over his face. And I thought, oh, Lord, 
John looks as if he's coming to the end of his life. He was 80. And he said, Roger, he said, I would like you to come with one of the elders of the church with a bit of oil and anoint me with oil according to James chapter 5. This guy loved the scriptures. He didn't really like the charismatic, wacky stuff. Um, he wouldn't have been there sort of jamming on a guitar or jumping up and doing, our God's a great big God. He was, he was, but he, he coped with it, okay, uh, because we sometimes preach from the scriptures. And so, <laughs> and so, so he, 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 he had John... Listen, I want to honor him because he's a man of faith. You know, and an older generation embracing it. We need our elderly generation, as well as our young people. And we love them and we, we want to serve them. So he said, Roger, would you come? And uh, would you come with another elder? The elder he wanted was Richard. He wasn't actually an elder in our church, but he was an older, lovely guy who, who believed and had faith as well. So we came to John and, and we sat down. And I said, um, John... Um, Let's read this little passage from James chapter 5. I read it to him, and it's a little bit in this passage. It says, if you have um, sinned, um, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so you will be healed. So I read this little passage and said, so John, I've just got to ask you anything. Is there any sin in your life that may have got in the way so that healing will be prevented? And he said, it's not always the case, but sometimes it's worth checking because it's there in James. And so John said, well, now I've searched my head and I'm not into porn and I don't go out nightclubbing a lot now. And uh, just trying to keep your attention, sorry. And, and uh, so he, he then says, he then says, he says, just one thing, he says, I, I am a little bit critical of the leadership in the church sometime. I said, yes, that's fine, John. And John was critical of the leadership. You know, if he preached, he'd have you afterwards and go through what you'd said. And, yes. And uh, so, so I said, all right, John, just, let's just have a little, do, do a little prayer then. Lord, please forgive me for being critical at times. I want to support my leadership and bless them in Jesus' name. John, you're forgiven. That's fine. Jesus loves this heart of yours and washes you clean in Jesus' name. We got our little bit of oil from our bottle, put it on his head, put it on his cheek, put it on the place where the pain was, put it around his neck where the pain went as well, and, and uh, got Richard to do the same, and prayed our prayers, and then left. Nothing seemed to happen, and I thought, oh, well, we've done what the Bible says to us. Anyway... Next day, I was thinking, oh, John might be a contact, any improvement, nothing. Got to the end of the week, and by that time, I'd forgotten it. On the phone. It's a phone call, John. It's John here. I said, oh, good to hear, John. How are you? He says, well. He says, just wanted you to know that after you and Richard prayed for me on Monday, after you left, the pain completely vanished. So I was like, oh, that's really good to hear, John. That wasn't what was going on in my heart. I was going, <laughs> but yes, John, good to hear that. And, um, and then a little, little bit, and he says, I didn't want to tell you straight away, just in case it came back again. And, uh, but I've been free all week, and I'm confident that God, according to James chapter 5, has fulfilled his word to us. So that's really good, John. Are you going to be in church on Sunday? I feel I might be able to be there this Sunday. It's good. So he put the phone down, 
right? Look forward to seeing you, John. And then I could go, yeah, dice, woo. Church on Sunday, John turns up. So we do our worship, sort of says. Now, um, has anybody got um, any testimony of God being at work? Nothing. <laughs> um, anybody got any sort of encouragement or feeling better after prayer or anything like that? Nothing. <laughs> says, um, so I'll try again. Says, anybody got um, an answer to prayer after scripture? Uh, been used. <laughs> at the back, John rises to his feet. I think Roger is prompting me <laughs> to testify. And then he says this story. Everybody just applause. There were more people wanting oil. There were more people asking God to be involved. There was more of the supernatural, and more people wanted to have a go at praying for their friends. You know, this, I just want to encourage you. God wants us to be a supernatural people. I could go on. There's lots of testimonies. He wants us to have testimonies, to share testimonies, to encourage one another and say, this thing of the Holy Spirit working through us, his supernatural work, is not for a few. It's not just for pastors. Jesus didn't keep it to himself. He passed on the baton to his disciples and to the 72, and he told all Christians, I want this to be part of your normal everyday life, that you will have answers to supernatural prayer encounters. So pray boldly. It's there in the scriptures. You know, when people say, oh, supernatural, all that, I'm just rubbish. Lean back on one of the pillars of the scriptures in the church. The kingdom's going to be preached. Signs and wonders will follow the preaching. It wasn't just for a little while. It was till he comes again. And then we won't need miracles. Be bold. Pray with faith. Be those that... Pray commanding prayers rather than pleading prayers. Jesus would be standing. I think it was lovely, that testimony of the baptism. I know Jesus is standing here right now. He's here with us so we can say, in Jesus' name, sickness go. Short prayers rather than lengthy prayers. I love this with youngsters. I get them to pray for backs. We do this thing with sitting people down because 90% of people have different length legs and often the power of God runs through their legs, puts things right in muscles and tendons and even vertebra, puts it back in place again. And you get a little kid putting his finger and saying, in Jesus' name. And before the person's actually made the rest of the prayer, the leg begins to move forward and their eyes go like saucers. I said, it's good praying. Didn't have to say much, did you? So short prayers, these long, long prayers, don't really need them when we come with the supernatural power of God with our friends and people around us. Pray from having heard God. If we're listening to God, we get those little prompts. And, uh, and then pray with compassion, leaving people helped. I've done my time. Thank you for listening. I just want to encourage you. I just feel... As if God wants us to be involved in prayer. I'm going to give these words of knowledge. And then I think Di has got some words of knowledge. Um, and then we'll, we'll have a go at praying. I felt as if the Lord said, there are 17 people. And I looked around and I thought, half of them have gone out with the kids. This is going to be tricky. But 
there are 17 people here that struggle with back pain. It may not be excruciating, you may not have it this moment, but you struggle at times with back pain. A lot of it will be around there, and that when you get up and do stuff, there's, there's, there's pain that you have. Could you help me? And we will, we will, at the end, all I'm asking you to do is, with others, just come forward and have a pray for you. Could you just help me? If you struggle with back pain at times, could you just put up your hands so I can see? Okay, I just want a little bit of a count. Keep your hands up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. There's three extra. <laughs> Eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Oh, some over here. Hey, there's more. There's, listen, can I just encourage you? What happens in these meetings? You have these words of knowledge, and people just drift off. Get some prayer, because there may be something more that God does through the praying. And I believe there's a team out here. You've been praying for people anyway with this series. Don't, don't rely on me. Get, it's, it's for everyone. And so get some prayer. Sometimes people have the back pain, and then they have hip difficulty. And some of those people, you put up your hand, you probably uh, were a person with hip difficulty as well. There's somebody here, you've had a sore throat, something wrong with your throat, for over a month now. And this person, again, you've been medicated. It hasn't gone. The Lord wants to do something in your life. And there are some stresses over you which are not allowing this healing, normal healing, to take place. He wants to release that. If you're that person, um, come at the end. There's somebody here, you've got throbbing through your eyes. It's like during the day, it starts, and there's this throbbing and pain that goes through your eyes. He wants to release that today. Somebody else, you have this thing in your fingertips and your legs, which is like um, a pins and needles, buzzing thing, and you're worried about it. And this person, I don't think you've actually been to the doctor or anything, but you're worried about these pins and needles. And I felt God say, whoever that is, um, get, get them forward so they get some prayer, because there's something going on that the Lord wants to bring some healing to that person. And um, my last little one is, no, two more. There's somebody here um, who is extremely anxious by a family situation. And you've been waking up at night about it, and now you've got some skin problem. It's like a rash. And you're not only anxious about this thing, but now you've got a rash yourself, this horrible skin thing. And your skin's going a little bit flaky as, uh, as well, a little bit's coming off. And, and you're really, really worried. But again, you just don't want to do anything about it. And I felt the Lord saying, if that person responds this morning, God can turn it around for them. And some of this anxiety will come off you, and he will bring his peace into your life. And this rash is going to clear up. One last thing. There's a child here. This child won't be here, in here, but it's one of your, these parents. Your child is having quite horrible head pains. It's like a band around your child's head. It comes, the pain comes like a band. It's probably associated with migraine or something like that, but it's all the way around his head. And God wants to heal that child. So if it's your child, bring them back in.